been slaving away in the kitchen all day? Too tired to even slice that loaf of bread? Then get yourself down to the general store for P.B. Maxwell's already sliced bread. It's already sliced. No, I'm not pulling your leg. It's already sliced. P.B. Maxwell's already sliced bread. The greatest thing since a horse-drawn carriage. Or my name's not Jimmy or Michigan. P.B. Maxwell's already sliced bread. It's already sliced. Hello again, or for the first time, this is Chris Abalo's Podcast Experiment, and I am Chris Abalo. Welcome to episode 17 of the little show here. I do appreciate you tuning in, checking out the show, giving me a little listen, and I also appreciate the new sponsor that came along on this episode and on the last episode. Definitely appreciate that. Just me today, again. But uh, there's a reason for it, because I want to talk about aging, getting older, and all that good stuff now that I'm well into my 30s. Not really. I'm 32 as of a few weeks ago, but I did want to talk about getting older because it's a subject that was going to come up on, actually, on the only podcast that matters. And it has come up on the show already. Actually, last Friday, they did 30Cast 2. The first one, of course, was when I turned 32 years ago, and the idea was we were going to do one at some point this year, more toward the end of 2013, because Andrew turned 30 last month, shortly after uh, my birthday, and Ryan turns 30 in December. So we thought, oh, well, let's do that. Makes sense. We do another 30 cast. They can give their perspective on crossing into a new decade and becoming what is allegedly a much more mature age. And it could have happened now without me, or it could have happened with me in December, closer to Ryan's birthday. It was one of the ideas that was kind of floating around that we thought, well, we can do this whenever, and they ended up doing it last week. So I thought I would talk a little bit about uh, getting older and some of the things that I've I've understood about myself or come to understand more recently, uh, especially in the last two years since I turned 30. Not that the number has too much to do with it. I stand by the fact that it really doesn't have much to do with any uh, any of my psychology. I think a lot of that stuff is kind of social pressure and belief that this is what goes with turning 30 or what you do in your 30s. Maybe in your 30s, but that's the span of 10 years. And you could do a lot in 10 years. You could do a lot in two weeks if you really think about it. But uh, anyway, they talked about it on the show, which, uh, of course, you should subscribe to on iTunes and check out theonlypodcast.com. Uh, the show is also on Stitcher and Beyond Pod, and a whole host of other places where podcasts can be found. And uh, subscribe to this show as well on iTunes. Only on iTunes and chrisabalo.com as of this moment, but we'll be coming to other podcast outlets soon enough. But anyway, so they talked about it. I figured I would talk about age and uh, getting older and a few of the things I've learned. But first, I'm going to climb on the soapbox and complain a little bit about some things. Not drastic complaints as usual, petty stuff, like donuts. Now, I have never understood the fascination with Krispy Kreme. That's probably because I grew up in New Jersey, which is obviously on the East Coast. So I always ate Dunkin' Donuts, which were the best donuts, period. Pretty much the best donuts you can get as far as a, um, a restaurant's concerned or any kind of chain. I love Dunkin' Donuts, maybe a little too much. And it's probably good for my bikini body that there aren't any out here although they've been trying to get them in california for a while that's that may end up happening sooner or later probably sooner 
because I'm sure someone's going to open up a franchise or a handful out here, and uh, then they'll they'll give Krispy Kreme a run for their money. But I always believe that Krispy Kreme is high maintenance Dunkin' Donuts because there there's nothing really special about the donuts. And I remember when they opened Krispy Kreme, they and they have them in New York every five feet. They're pretty much just as common as Starbucks, but they're never really in New Jersey. So they finally opened. Geez, I don't remember. It was maybe ten years ago they opened one up in a brick, which is a town I was working in, uh, next to the town that I grew up in. And it was a big deal for all the New Yorkers who come down to New Jersey and ruin the Jersey Shore from Memorial Day to Labor Day because it's oh, it's it's like a taste of home. They could get donuts, and well, the short version is they never really took off, at least compared to Dunkin' Donuts, which is in New York as well, by the way. But for some reason, there's a fascination with Krispy Kreme. But they pretty much came and went. They never really took off the way that I think they thought it would. And I guess the business that those Krispy Kreme stores did during those three months probably wasn't enough to sustain them for the other nine. So I don't know that there are any left. They're probably few and far between in New Jersey, but any of the ones that opened up in the immediate shore area, I believe they've all gone under. Uh, but out here, I, and I've never understood it. On the East Coast, I don't understand it in California, just the fascination with Krispy Kreme because I honestly believe it's high-maintenance Dunkin' Donuts. And people literally, when they were opening up these Krispy Kremes, it was, oh, they're like heaven. They're heaven. No, they're just donuts. They're donuts that are served warm and they're glazed, so they're soft and they they melt in your mouth. And that's great, but that's uh, a donut has a little bit more heft to it as far as I'm concerned. Or a donut has some kind of filling in it. It's, It's a Boston cream donut. It's a jelly donut. But just a glazed donut, okay. Maybe for the glazed donuts, but otherwise, I don't see anything particularly special about Krispy Kreme. I I don't really get it. And, uh, you know, it's just as well because then I don't eat quite so many donuts out here. Which, actually, considering donuts are, are one of those um, things that they always tell you to cut out, obviously, or, oh, don't, don't eat donuts. You know, you should eat an apple instead of uh, eating a donut when you read all this, like, diet columns and things like that or, or bits in magazines or online. They always mention giving up donuts. I think a, a a term, not a slang term, but just a general colloquialism for going on a diet should be kick the donuts. Should be a weight loss term. What do you do? You're looking slim. What'd you do? I kick the donuts. I think we should get that going. Let's hashtag kick the donuts on social media. Get it moving, people. Kind of in conjunction with that, I was talking with my sister the other day, and uh, now I don't, I don't drink coffee a whole lot. I can go without it. It's nice once in a while, and particularly when the weather gets cold, even California cold, like 68 degrees, then I can go for a coffee, and I admit to being very Caucasian and liking pumpkin spice coffee. It's actually the first coffee I started drinking regularly back in 2008, maybe, maybe 2009, and I usually don't get coffee. The coffee that I drink has to have more sugar than coffee in it. Which obviously means I must not like coffee because I'm not a fan of the taste of coffee. I'm a fan of sugar, so put a lot of sugar and uh, half and half or French vanilla creamer in it, and I'm all in. But uh, that's pretty much only with Starbucks, or at least that's where I first heard of the the pumpkin spice phenomenon was from Starbucks. And that was the first uh, pumpkin spice latte I'd tried. And talking to my sister about just coffee in general, in the building she works in, there's a Starbucks on the ground floor. and I think everybody's workplace has a Starbucks in it now. And we were talking about the the Starbucks lore. Like, she doesn't normally drink coffee regularly, although she's had a Dunkin' Donuts coffee somewhat regularly. But there, there's something about the Starbucks lore that makes people want to have coffee. Or they see like here in um here in a lot of grocery stores, there are Starbucks little ones within 
the stores, Target has little Starbucks in them as well. People don't even say, I'm stopping for coffee. They'll say, I'm stopping for Starbucks. I don't know if you get that with, like, 7-Eleven coffee. Would someone say, I'm stopping for a 7-Eleven? No, I'm stopping for a Starbucks. Starbucks has become synonymous with coffee. Even, <laughs> I bet people use it even if they're not stopping at Starbucks. They probably just use it to replace coffee in a sentence. So I don't know what it is about the Starbucks lore. Same thing with the, the Krispy Kreme thing. I don't, know, I don't know what it is. But yeah, when I want a coffee, I'll usually end up at Starbucks. And there are options. There's coffee bean and tea leaf. There's uh, Pete's coffee and tea. There are a lot more chains out here than are in other parts of the country, at least as far as I've seen. I don't know how far the coffee bean and tea leaf or uh, Pete's go. But something about that Starbucks lore. And uh, actually, speaking of coffee, when is it that a cup of coffee became... A unit of measurement because you hear that a lot i certainly hear it a lot i'm guessing you do like uh, a gallon of gas costs almost as much as a cup of coffee well if we're talking about starbucks coffee yes four dollar cup of coffee sure 99 cent 7-eleven coffee nothing wrong with it but uh yeah gas is a little more than that but you hear it a lot in advertisements or for uh, charities you know for less than a cup of coffee you can feed 48 kids in whatever country or they do it when it comes to budgeting finances. Like, for if, hey, if you had one less cup of coffee a week, you could afford an eight-day vacation in Malibu once a year. Something like that. But they always seem to use a cup of coffee as a unit of measurement, which it's not really coffee because nobody drinks straight coffee anymore. Nobody drinks black coffee or coffee with a little half and half. And maybe a, a certain generation does. My father does. My father drinks black coffee every morning, every single morning, and usually at night as well. But he just drinks black coffee. He'll have half and half once in a while. But um, he'll go for just a regular straight-up coffee. But he's one of few who actually drinks plain black coffee. So can we really use a cup of coffee as a unit of measurement? I guess when we're talking about $4 coffee, yes, we can. All right, that was pretty inane. So let's get over to getting older and all the things I've thought about recently. Now, I have to say, this was partly inspired by an episode of uh, the podcast Penn Sunday School starring Penn Jillette that I listened to a few weeks ago because Penn brought up an interesting point. He had just seen World War Z, and the thing that blew him away was Brad Pitt is 49, and in the movie he is a tremendous mane of hair and is very fit and is essentially the hero. I haven't seen the movie, but let's just say he's the hero. He's the leading man for sure. And the comparison Penn made was, here's Brad Pitt in World War Z. Look at him, him specifically at 49, this character at 49. When Cocoon was made... Back in the 80s, Wolford Brimley, who has pretty much always looked the same age, was 49 and was playing an old man. So what a difference in age perception today compared to, let's say, 30 years ago. And hey, you can tell we're aging better anyway because Brad Pitt is about to turn 50 next month. And Johnny Depp turned 50 back in June. So they are easily two of the sexiest men alive. Ask anybody. Come on. It's it's pretty tough to argue. And there's no stigma as far as, oh, they're old or their time has passed. Or, I mean, look, Robert Downey Jr., I believe, is 48. And he's, his career is at its peak, more so than when he was, he was younger and he was a, a, a promising young actor. Look, he's, he's bigger now, more popular, arguably a better actor now even, at 48. So there isn't really the, the age stigma that there used to be, in part probably because people are just aging better overall. Which says a lot. I think that's a good thing because it's not looked at as, I mean, okay, granted, actors, male actors compared to actresses have a, an easier time getting older and are more accepted for aging than women are. 
unfortunately, just we it, it turns into oh wrinkles, oh she dyes her hair or whatever. I mean, you see that stuff on tabloids all the time. We're pretty cruel when it comes to how women age compared to men because men get distinguished, women get old. So there's a really insane bias that that goes on there, which is a shame. So maybe we'll evolve past that. But I overall, I don't think there's the same stigma attached to aging or getting older or not being young and hip. I mean, look, when it comes to, let's say, music, yeah, Justin Bieber's young and One Direction is young, but they only appeal to a segment of the population. They don't have the the overall popularity of Brad Pitt or Johnny Depp, who are way older. One Direction and, and Bieber make music for a young audience, for an audience in a certain age bracket, and it's not going to cross over into people in their 40s or 50s or even older, whereas... Uh, okay, we're talking about music and movies. There is a difference, but the work that Brad Pitt's going to do is going to appeal to more people overall than the work that Justin Bieber does. Let's be honest. Um, and speaking actually of music, that was one of the other things that Penn brought up in his show was as you get older, it's okay to disagree with music and video games and uh, to eventually fall out of touch with it. And I can completely relate to that because I think I've mentioned before, I get the Billboard magazine daily emails. Uh, in part because of fodder and uh, show fodder. And I do honestly want to know what's going on in music. I still want to be kept aware of it. And I get the iTunes emails as well with new releases every week and uh, Amazon's emails. So I always see what's coming out and what's in the charts and what's in the news, entertainment news anyway. And I have to be honest, most of the time, and, and literally mo- probably seven or eight times out of ten, I don't know who these people are. I don't know the names of anybody whose album or single is at number one. It's very, very few and far between. I mean, I've heard of Maroon 5, Justin Bieber, One Direction. Like I said, I know who Rihanna is. I'm a fan of Taylor Swift, so if her stuff's out there, I'm aware of it and probably have already bought it. But I'm definitely falling out of touch with music and with what's popular. And that's okay, because I guess there's a point where that happens. But even though I get the emails and I'm I'm reading about these things, there's a point where it's just lost on me, where I don't get it anymore. So I guess I've gotten to the age where I'm out of touch with music. Uh, although I think there's a bigger divide now than there used to be. I think pop music is made for kids and people who go to clubs, and uh, I, I'm i not a kid, and I don't go to clubs. So there's probably a little bit of a divide there, whereas maybe there wasn't 10 years ago, but I couldn't say because I'm 32 now. So uh, Same can be said for video games. I'm completely out of touch with what the PlayStation 3 can do, what the Xbox 360 can do. I have an Xbox 360. I rarely use it. And uh, there's a point where, yeah, it's I'm, I'm out of touch with it because I haven't kept up with what happens in, in video games and how they've evolved. So now it's just, uh, look, I still don't even know how to operate my phone. I've had my cell phone now for a year and a half. I still don't know all the things to do with it, to, to do with a droid phone. And it's, it's a smartphone. I've kind of become adept at using a smartphone. I've had smartphones for the last four years. 2009, I got my BlackBerry, which was the first smartphone I had. And yeah, I, I don't even know everything to do with that. I use apps. I use Facebook, Twitter, eBay, Amazon. That's fine. But as far as the full capability of the phone, yeah, I'm pretty clueless. I'm sure a 13-year-old could work circles around me when it comes to what a smartphone can do. So I think there's a point that I've reached where I'm now out of touch with a lot of things. And I guess I need to accept that uh, that's where I am. Oh, actually, I thought about aging uh, in the back of my mind, it just made its way to the surface. So to get back to people who are aging, look at Hugh Jackman now in his mid-40s. 
uh, because the Wolverine movie came out over the summer, and he looks better than he did when he was Wolverine back in 2000 when the first movie came out. When he was in his early 30s, he's in way better shape now. So there's another guy who has only gotten better with age and has gotten more popular with age. Or, uh, hey, Louis C.K., he's 46, I believe, and he's huge. He's another guy at the peak of his career. So, yeah, the, the age thing doesn't matter. It's not uh, don't trust or listen to anybody over 30. That that whole thing's kind of gone. But th- those just, just popped in my head now as I was going through this train of thought. Now, there there isn't as much of a divide once you're over 30 as there used to be. And I, I think that has to do with over the last however many years. I can't really put a number on it. But this the the advent of the, the man-child. Any, any adult male who's into video games or anything from their youth. Look, my friends can be considered man-children. Is that okay to be used as the plural, man-children? Because they collect toys and they buy Legos and they go to... Well, they, they went to uh, New York Comic Con to pick up a bunch of action figures... And to, they, they got to meet Ernie Hudson, <laughs> who was in his, his Ghostbusters uniform. And, uh, you know, th- that's a whole generation now of people our age, the, the top of Y, maybe the very bottom of X, who are into all the things from their childhood, who collect toys, who collect these Lego sets. And, hey, look, I'm a big fan of 80stees.com. I buy a ton of T-shirts from there. And I wear T-shirts more than I wear any button-down or collared shirts. And part of that may be because of nostalgia, which the nostalgia thing, I think, has always been there to a certain degree. I think now there's just the, the products are made for an audience like myself and like my friends because the people who grew up with this stuff are now in charge of these companies or in positions where they can submit for, you know, we need Thundercats t-shirts. So now there are Thundercats t-shirts for adults, whereas they didn't exist in the 80s because it was just for kids. But now those kids are adults and we want Thundercats t-shirts. But uh, I remember a few years ago, some of my cousins on Christmas, uh, one of them gave another one a DVD of uh, classic commercials from when they were younger, when it was Marlboro Presents the Dick Van Dyke Show. I'm just pulling two names out of out of thin air. But when uh, stuff was presented by certain brands, and they had this DVD on, uh, after we finished Christmas dinner, somebody had popped it in, and it was literally like uh, doctors prefer these cigarettes over another one, and it would be a three- or four-minute commercial for a brand of, of cigarette. And it's weird to look at something like that now, but for them, there was a sense of nostalgia, like, wow, do you remember these commercials? Remember when it wasn't 14 commercials in one commercial break? Instead, it was just one long, you know, such-and-such such presents this miniseries or this TV show. The cigarette one was the one that really stuck out to me. There were other vintage commercials on this DVD too, but the cigarette one stuck out because there's no cigarette advertising on TV now, so there was there was some kind of novelty there. But I think that nostalgia for your child has always been there. I just think now there's an adult audience for it, and that's why so much of this stuff exists. And speaking of clothes, now uh, I've, I get accused, or not accused, it's, it's true, so... <laughs> I don't know if you call it accused, but I get picked on a lot for not dressing my age. Maybe this goes into the uh, the lack of maturity. I, I'm going to say more so men have when it comes to being an adult or appearing to be an adult. Because I wear t-shirts, I wear jeans, and I probably look the same way as I did in high school, at least as far as the way I dress, because I've worn t-shirts and jeans forever. That's what's comfortable for me. Don't really need to go too deeply into it. And uh, you know what the funny thing is, and this really stuck out because it's a random compliment. Uh, one of my friends years ago, she actually 
compared me to Einstein. Don't switch off the show. Bear with me. This is a point, and this isn't something I'm saying about myself. Someone else said it. Einstein's assistant used to make used to make sure his clothes were the same so he wouldn't have to think about what he put on on a daily basis. It would just be this outfit. So it's something he wouldn't have to think about. He could just take an outfit out of the closet, put it on, a suit or whatever it was he wore. I'm assuming a suit. And that was it. He didn't put any thought into his wardrobe or into fashion or anything like that. And her opinion was, I'm the same with my T-shirts and jeans because my mind is focused elsewhere. It's not focused on how fashionable I look or, or what I'm wearing. I'm wearing what's comfortable because my brain is occupied with other thoughts other than how good something looks. And I, I remember that because I did take it as a compliment. I thought it was a unique comparison. It's probably the only way I'm remotely similar to Einstein, aside from being a, a human male who lives uh, on Earth and was alive in the 20th century. Otherwise, that's probably where the similarities end. But I get it. Adult men have never dressed like uh, we dress now. They don't wear Muppet t-shirts or uh, probably not band t-shirts quite so much, unless you're in a band, which I'm not. Although I will say, regardless of what clothes you wear or uh, what toys you collect or what you order online <laughs> or what your hobbies are, uh, video games you play, regardless of, of your age, I do think there are, this is biased, get ready, two things that change for men when they get older, two things to get pickier about, and that's where their money comes from and where their sex comes from. Because a guy, when he's younger, overall, I think guys are just happy to have a job or they're willing to bag groceries, deliver newspapers at the crack of dawn or or whatever job comes along. I mean, I raked leaves and shoveled snow and mowed lawns when I was a kid before I could drive, which meant before I could get a job that was on the books, I would walk around the neighborhoods and do whatever was in season. Shovel snow, rake leaves, mow lawns, whatever. Whatever little things I could do for cash. And the older you get, the more you don't want to do that. You're instead keen to work for $6 an hour. Well, it was $6 an hour at the time where you can bag groceries, work at a fast food joint, work at a clothing store in the mall like I did, whatever. So it's there's a progression where you get pickier about how you earn your money. And I think I don't think that's something that ever really goes away because I think guys aim for advancement. Maybe it's part of the the innate need to compete. And I'm not saying that isn't true with women, but I think I think guys get pickier about how they're going to make their money. And, and I think there's a an, an ingrained component where it's about uh, being the breadwinner. It's about earning more and, and doing well and being able to show your affluence or, or show what you've earned. I think that's something that just keeps going throughout a, a man's life. And as far as where sex comes from, when guys are younger, they're keen to just put it anywhere. Let's be honest. Guys know what I'm talking about. Women probably understand it and assume that about guys anyway. But with a few exceptions, guys just get pickier as they get older and they're more specific about what kind of woman they want to be with and spend their time with. Because you don't know when you're in high school and you'll kind of date anybody. And usually they're always the wrong people. Very rarely do you hear about people who started dating each other in high school or even in college who ended up together and who had a lasting marriage. That's rare. I can only speak from the guy's point of view. I'm not saying this isn't true for women, so don't email in and don't tweet me and say, hey, wait a minute, this, you're, you're acting like guy's the only one. No, not at all. I'm speaking from this perspective as a guy because maybe it has to do with evolving as a person and the way you grow and change where you, you look for different things in your mate, but I do think guys just overall get more picky because they're not as willing to spend time with a girl who goes out to the club and has too many drinks whereas that's the kind of girl a guy wants to hang around with when he's younger because he's thinking her inhibitions are going to be a little bit lower 
and things could get physical a little bit faster. But when a guy gets older, he usually outgrows the need to like just try and get attention from a woman that way or just hope that she's going to pay attention to him. Guys stop looking for attention from from those that type of, of woman or young woman. And they become a little bit more particular about who they want to spend their time with and who they want to spend their life with. When guys get to a point where they decide they want to have children or get married, which I think the having children thing probably kicks in first because I think that they look more at women as, would this woman be a good mother? I think that's that's the way guys start to gauge women. So that factors into, who do I want to have sex with? Who am I willing to have sex with? Who's going to have sex with me? I think all of that adds up when it comes to guys. And uh, man, it's weird for me to think, look, it's it's 2013, I'm 32, I was born in 1981, the math adds up. But it's still strange for me to get my head around the fact that there are kids who, when I was 17 and got my driver's license, now, kids who were born when I was 17 are in high school and they're going to be getting their permit or driver's license soon. It messes me up because... I just I can't comprehend that that much time has passed, and it's something that has been a recurring theme, I think, in uh, quite a few of these episodes, and and probably will continue. Like I said, the math adds up. I just can't believe it. It's just weird to me to think what a seventeen-year-old was to me and what they are now. It just seems like such a huge divide, but it doesn't feel like it was fifteen years ago. No way. But sure enough, kids who were born when I was getting my driver's license are now getting ready to get their driver's licenses. And it's it's strange to think my age is, has nearly doubled and I've spent almost half my life driving. That's, that's the kind of stuff that messes me up. And uh, in conjunction with getting older, there's, of course, the inevitable natural progression of things, which is uh, it's been more and more noticeable to me since I've been back in California during these last, this last year where I've been making trips home. And I, it's more noticeable seeing my parents age not that it's drastic but when I was living with them and I saw them every day it, it's so gradual that you wouldn't you wouldn't notice but now seeing them a few times a year it's more noticeable and I can tell that they're getting older it's just more obvious to me because I'm seeing them on a less frequent basis and uh, it could even be the same could be said for my friends but it's strange more so with my parents because I know that ultimately I'm because as I said with the natural order of things I'm going to have to deal with their death, and that's going to be tough. I mean, it's tough for everybody. I don't think it's it's ever easy to lose somebody close to you, uh, especially parents. I mean, if, if they're a part of your life or always have been a part of your life, certainly. And my parents are both healthy, and they're not all that old. I mean, my father is 72. My mother is 67. They certainly don't look that way, and they are healthy. They don't have anything terminal or any anything that uh they don't they're not showing any signs of the end it's weird for me to even think about and that's why i'm probably it sounds a little funny with me saying it and actually it's funny the only comment my father has made about death about dying about what happens after he's gone is i don't remember how the conversation came up we were talking at one point about do you want to be buried do you want to be cremated whatever and his response in classic dad fashion was doesn't matter to me i won't feel it <laughs> just, just saying it makes me laugh and that's his, his typical way of dealing with it i think he's i think he's more keen to maybe be buried than cremated i know my mother wants to be cremated but if the decision's up to me i'm not going to know what to do i'd rather he decide something because i don't even know what to get them for christmas i'm supposed to decide what to do with their with their 
their body when they're deceased. That's that's too much for me. I don't know if I can handle that. But I know that's that's something I'm going to have to deal with eventually as long as nature takes its course and uh, as as time passes. And it's funny. One of the things I notice as far as time overall is that I'm I have more of a grasp on time because I've been around for more of it than when I was younger. But one of the things I've noticed in recent years is how much less willing I am to trade my time for money. And not just in terms of work because I've I've changed jobs a bit in the last few years and I've got more serious about creating content and working in entertainment, really committing myself to that in in new ways beyond just just music, which which used to be the the primary goal and the 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 MO. But even when it comes to small things, like when my time is worth more to me than money. I mean, I know some people who will say um, they're going to go to this gas station because gas is four cents less a gallon than the one that's that's closer. And I would rather just go to the one that's closer because, well, even if I'm filling up my tank, what am I going to say, 48 cents? Big deal. And uh, aside from that, I just, I'd rather go to the place that's closer because it takes more time. Is it worth your time to save the 48 cents to drive somewhere that's a couple more miles away? Is it worth, especially here, Jesus, in Los Angeles, where you spend so much time sitting in your car and in traffic and where you can't get anywhere in just a quick few minutes, even if it's uh, three miles further? Is it really worth it to save 48 cents to be on the road that much longer and deal with red lights and stupid drivers? And I don't know. And by the same token, I actually have noticed I've starting to I've started to be more willing to to pay for things, pay more for things because it's convenient. Because let's say if I if I'm picking up all right, let's let's say a loaf of bread. Let's just use an easy example. And I know that at the store I'm in, the loaf of bread is three dollars, but I know another store that'll have bread for two dollars, the same bread, or similar enough bread where I think, oh, well, I can save a buck if I go make that other stop and get bread at uh, the store, the other store, store B. But I'm in store A already. Do I really want to make a separate stop just to save a dollar and spend more time in my car and have it take longer for me to get home? I mean, I'd rather get home sooner and spend the extra dollar. Th- those are the kind of things I've started to think about where it's it's not so much about, it's almost more about the convenience than it is being able to save the money because if, I, if it's going to take another 10 minutes to go to the store, to, to the other store, if I'm going slightly out of my way, and it, even if it means overall... 10 extra minutes, I think I'm more willing to part with the dollar than I am the 10 minutes. I mean, I'm not being an insane stickler for, for time or anything, but if I'm already somewhere, do I really want to make a separate stop just to get a loaf of bread? I'm just using that as an easy example, but yeah, I, I'd rather just get the bread where I am, pay the extra buck, and get home sooner. So that's one of the things I've noticed for sure about getting older is I'm just less willing to part with time and more willing to part with money if it means saving me some time. Which, which is a good thing. I think that's progress because which one's the more valuable commodity? Time. Okay, I don't really have a full-on ending for this, so let's just segue into Only in Los Angeles before we call it a show. Last week, I saw a homeless man with a t-shirt that said, wake up, kick ass, repeat. Now, the irony wasn't lost on me that the shirt was being worn by a homeless man, and maybe he got it out of a clothing donation bin and that's what fit, or that's what he happened to grab, whatever. But the irony wasn't lost on me. I mean, look, I assume he was homeless because there is a fun game I like to play out here, usually when I'm in my car, which is uh, homeless or hipster. Because with hipsters co-opting beards and uh, looking rather shaggy and dressing down, 
there's kind of a thin line. You almost can't distinguish homeless and, and hipster. But this guy, I assume, was whole, homeless. He was a, a mature gentleman, a gray-haired gentleman. So that says to me, or his beard was gray, that says to me he was, probably wasn't so much of a hipster. I've never seen a, a middle-aged hipster before. I'm sure they're out there, but mm. anyway, yeah. I, I'm going to say only in Los Angeles because maybe he was being sincere about I wake up, I kick ass, and then I repeat. So, yeah. <laughs> That just cracked me up. Uh, anyway, that's basically it. Just some of my thoughts on aging, getting older, and uh, what it means to have a couple more years under your belt. And I do recommend you guys check out uh, 30 Cast 2, the uh, episode from The Only Podcast That Matters, which uh, went up last Friday. It's great. It's hilarious. It's Andrew, Ryan, Jack, and Veronica. So it's the three of the original four with Veronica sitting in for me, who's the same age as me. And uh, it's... You know what? It's funny. You should check it out. And as I said, subscribe to The Only Podcast That Matters. Subscribe to this show. I, once again, very, very much appreciate you checking out the show. And I'll be back in two weeks, the week of Thanksgiving, for what will probably be a show about Black Friday holiday shopping and all that good stuff, because that's that's the beginning of, of the end of the year, <laughs> the beginning of the, the slow demise into further consumerism in this country and well whatever i'll get into that in two weeks i'm sure so thank you once again for listening please come back in two weeks and please keep checking chrisabalo.com for blogs and various other bits and pieces follow this show at kate pod on twitter like chrisabalo's podcast experiment on facebook and i hope you'll keep coming back so until next time this is chrisabalo and this is only an experiment (laughs) 